Well, hello again and good morning. <laughs> it's good to see you all on this Father's Day. I'm really glad to be with you. I thought it was kind of fun that on Father's Day, you got Nicole and me here in the service for y'all as a way of solidarity and affirmation with all of the good men who are a part of our community. Um, and I say that with deep heart and deep feeling. There are so many of you who, men in this community, who have modeled and embodied the love of Christ in just healing and generative ways, and it has been a gift these last five and a half years to be a part of your lives. Right now, we've been going through the book, uh, well, not the book, sorry, I've been going through the book of Galatians. We've been going through a series on the Holy Spirit this summer. And um, today, I'm going to be talking a little bit about the book of Galatians and some threads and some themes from that that invite us to think anew about what it means to live by the Spirit. What does it mean for us to live by the Spirit? One of my favorite bands when I was in high school and college was a band named Kademan's Call. It is now disbanded, as they say, but it was a band that made Christian music wrestling with deep themes of faith. One of the members of this group is Derek Webb. Derek Webb ended up doing some records on his own and he has a song that connects so much with this text from Galatians. It's entitled, New Law. And in the song, he's naming and wrestling with how he wants a new law. Like, give me a new way of being, a standard of behavior, a series of checklists that make sure I'm doing this thing right. Now, he writes this song, naming honestly the wrestle that is at the center of the letter to the church in Galatia. What's happening in this text holistically is that it's a new church and they've been invited through their faith in Christ to freedom. And it's a freedom that's wonderful and transgressive in so many ways because this is a community centered around Christ where so many of the distinctions and the divides in the culture at their time when those were getting melted away as people were coming together to worship God and to follow the way of Jesus. So in this letter, Paul is writing to the community because he's seen what is happening. Is that some members of the community are like Derek Webb, wanting a new law. It's like, well, this freedom in Christ, I mean, it's, it's a it's a little messy. Are, are, you, are you really sure that grace is for everyone? Are, are you really sure that we shouldn't follow specific dietary laws? I mean, everybody knows that the true worshipers of God worship God like this, right? right? Only true worshipers raise their hands, right? Anyone who doesn't, you're not a true worshiper. Now, I don't think that might have been the exact example of what was going on in Galatia, but the similar sort of thing was happening at the time, where they were wrestling with cultural norms and mores, and what is this faith in Christ? What is this freedom to which we've been called? And how do we orient and ground ourselves in the midst of this? So Paul writes to them, and throughout the letter, you see him again and again say, Christ freed us. We were meant to be free. Stand firm then and don't submit to slavery a second time. 
That's Galatians 5.1. So over and over, Paul is writing to this community say, don't develop new laws. Let everyone be free in Christ to come as they are, to worship as they are, to experience and live out the gospel of Jesus in the beautiful, rich diversity of who they are and who we all are. Now some of you may have throughout your professional or personal lives taken a personality test or two over time. Now I acknowledge that some of you may have your own critiques about some of these tests or how they've been employed in the midst of community. At their best, what I find helpful about them is that they affirm that we're all different, right? They affirm things and remind me of things about our differences, so instead of me jumping to judgment about the way that you show up in the world or vice versa, they can allow us to be more curious, right? It's a tool whereby we can be able to experience the beauty and wonder as a gift, our di diversity and difference as a gift, as opposed to a threat. Now, I don't think Paul had one of those tests in order to be able to bring to his community. And instead, he's utilizing his letter to them to implore and invite them to live into this kind of diversity. But let's be honest. Living in the midst of a diverse community with different opinions and perspectives and ways of doing things can be challenging. I mean, right, I, I find it challenging sometimes when Andy doesn't put something back in the exact place that I think it should go, right? <laughs> he has his own challenges with me, let alone trying to do this as a community of faith figuring out what does it mean that our differences are actually beauty and goodness. So often, if we're not doing well, or we haven't been reminded that diversity and our difference is a gift, we can move to these places of judgment and of trying to make sure that we're all precisely the same. And that's what's happening here in this text in the book of Galatians. He's challenging and inviting them to not make new laws that say, okay, before Jesus, everybody looked like this. So we'll tweet that one and this one, but now everyone who follows Jesus looks like this. They're all circumcised, they all eat the right food, they all observe the right way of doing worship. No, 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 Paul says, let's rupture that. The beauty of the gospel is that it is for everyone indeed and he's reminding them and encouraging them in this way. This is part of human community. To move towards clarity or sameness, wanting some bumpers in the bowling alley because otherwise you're gonna go in the gutter. But the gospel instead just invites us to get the right weight on your ball and just enjoy the beauty and wonder of this game knowing that sometimes it is messy and sometimes you hit a strike. Throughout the history of the Christian church, we've remembered and sometimes forgotten this invitation in the book of Galatians. One of the stories of not remembering that sticks with me is the story of the Magdalene sisters. 
I don't know if any of you have heard of this. They were um, a series and places in Ireland where young women who were either pregnant, who they thought might be pregnant, <laughs> who they thought might eventually get pregnant outside of wedlock, would be sent to these homes where they would do laundry in order that they might know the purity of God. And they would be forced to give any children up for adoption. This came from a place of saying, we know what it means to follow God. To follow God demands moral purity. And then it became a law, right, in the community and indeed in the culture where any young woman who was even perceived to be a person who might eventually have a kid out of wedlock would get sent because of the gospel (laughs) to these homes. And the abuse they experienced and endured in these communities was oftentimes horrific. I remember watching the documentary and story about many of the survivors of this place. And at the time, I remember thinking, I think they forgot about Galatians. They forgot about the invitation to follow Christ, which is not a way for us to then beat one another up or say, here's the moral law, and if you don't fit it, get out. But sometimes, as church, we've forgotten that. Now, my first encounter with this faith community when I was a kid was when my mom, who was a single parent, was able to come to a group here at this church. Now, you may or may not know this, but back in the 80s and early 90s when I was a kid, Not every church wanted a family that was uh, headed by a single parent. In fact, many times if you were divorced, you'd be shown the door of the church, right? And I think about the pain in so many families, including my own. But this community was a place that said, no, we believe in the grace of God and Jesus. And that we're not here to develop new laws to say, thank goodness I'm godly and you're not. But instead, together to seek Christ and to seek the transformation and love that we can know in faith. For indeed, as Galatian reminds us, we were meant to live free. To know that freedom in our skin, to be transformed by the love of Jesus and then to live that out in the world. That is why when we come to this passage, which you may be wondering about some elements of it that I've yet to address, when we come to this passage in chapter 5, where there is a list that says, hey, so we know these things, they're not of the kingdom of God. But instead, we are challenged then to live the fruit of the Spirit to know love and joy, patient endurance, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, self-control, that against these things there is no law. What I would argue is going on here in the text is that Paul is naming some things in his culture and in his time that he would point to and say, these are evidence of the flesh, of things that are against the way and the kingdom of God. In the New Testament, flesh is referring not just to our skin or our bodies. It's usually meant to refer to the operation of our egos. 
Don't live according to the flesh. Don't live according to the ways that say, let me get mine. Don't live according to the things that say, how can I use and abuse you? Live according to spirit. And when we live according to spirit within our beings, what comes out? That's the fruit. So it's not a new list that says, okay, let me see, let me make sure. Uh, I didn't do any carousing last week, so I'm good. I mean, I didn't, but um, that's not the center point. He's naming some fruits that show up when we're living out of flesh, out of ego, out of self-preservation, out of I'm going to get mine. And he's saying, instead, live from the place that is rooted in Christ, the things of spirit, which are the things of love. And so, for me and for us, I think an invitation to consider is in a world and in a time where the church can be sure that it has new laws that say this is what it means to follow God. That Galatians actually invites us to get down into the deeper work, to not just make new laws or to be so sure or certain that our laws are right, but as Paul reminds us to throw those out so that that way we can get into living by the Spirit, that that's our work and transformation and the call to which we are to extend that to other people. I am not here to give you a new law. I am here to proclaim to you the good news of the gospel of freedom to encourage and invite people into transformational encounters with Jesus. For it is as that happens that our egos melt away and instead we are able to live according to the spirit, which is love and joy and patient endurance and kindness, generosity, and self-control. Against these things there is no law. So I would ask you, are there ways that you notice in your own life where either against yourself or towards others, you're inhabiting some new laws or using some checklists as a way of judgment and deciding who's in and who's out? And if so, to wonder at why that might be happening. And then, to hear the invitation that Paul extends to us to not live the new law, but to instead do that deeper work, live from a deeper place of ethics where it's not about the law, but it's about ourselves being transformed and us showing up as this passage starts off where it says that the whole of the, the law is actually summarized in this, to love your neighbor as yourself. As Nicole already noted for us, tomorrow is Juneteenth. Juneteenth celebrates the moment where finally the news of emancipation reached enslaved persons in Texas long after it had been known other places. It's the remembrance that finally that good news reached to all the people that good news of freedom. 
And I think what a beautiful text for us to be able to read today. To be reminded that there might be some parts of even ourselves that haven't yet fully and never probably will fully internalize the good news of freedom. But it is my prayer this day that no matter how you come, no matter your background or story, no matter your identities, whatever they are, that this gospel would be good news to you. And that we would live it as good news to all of our neighbors. So might Jesus meet you anew and whisper the words that we said in that litany, welcome home, beloved. For the God who is the father of all of us has a home with rooms for everyone. Might you know that love and might we live in that home together. <laughs>